to the 47th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, you recently wrote about the status of the ARM and NVIDIA deal. Can you give us a little bit of an update on where that merger stands? Sure. So... You know, NVIDIA announced last September that they would buy ARM for $40 billion and that they would get all the regulatory approvals done by March 2022. We're now almost a year into this deal, and there haven't been any approvals yet. And in some cases, the company hasn't even filed yet. So this is quite a complicated deal because it needs approval from the UK because Arm is a UK-based company. It needs approval from Japan because SoftBank, the seller, sits in Japan. It needs approval from the US because NVIDIA is a US-based company. And then it needs approval from the EU and from China because there's a substantial activity for the companies in, in both areas. So this makes it quite the, the tour de force to do this. And there's a sequence in terms of how, how they need to do this too, right? So I know you had written about kind of where they were starting and then where they might end up in terms of gaining regulatory approval. Yeah, there, there, there is a sequence how to do it best, right? And there are areas where NVIDIA needs to file and there are areas where they don't need to file. So, for example, in the UK, you know, the government asked the Competition and Market Authority in the UK to determine the jurisdiction, national security and competitive implications of the proposed, you know, acquisition. And they were supposed to deliver this by, by June 30th, and they delivered it actually 10 days ahead. We don't know the content yet, but you know the question here was basically posed by the government to the CMA if it warrants a deeper uh, investigation or it should, if it should be approved with or without conditions. I think quite likely this... How, how it will come down is that the CMA probably recommended a deeper investigation because there's this little thing called Brexit. And this is the first time that the CMA actually is reviewing a merger. And so I think the CMA doesn't want to be seen as like some rubber stamping institution. And there's actually a lot, of, a lot at stake in the UK. Arm is like the crown jewel of the of the British high tech industry, and you know the British government would be under severe pressure if if there wouldn't be any assurances uh, in place that this would actually strengthen the UK as a high tech development place, rather than you know there would be a brain drain afterwards. So I think it's it's really important for Nvidia to to alleviate any concerns and the public that there would be a brain drain because sadly what else does the uk right now have have going for it when it comes to really cutting edge globally leading high tech so we'll see how this plays out so this could you know play out quite a while and then you know we have the japanese antitrust authorities and 
that's probably the easiest approval. They haven't filed yet, but this is SoftBank selling a company that isn't even Japanese, right? So there shouldn't be an impact from that perspective. And it's one company owning ARM versus another. So I, I don't think there will be any problems. And then we have the FTC here in the United States under uh, the new chair, Lena Khan, who who has been an outspoken critic of tech platforms and the potential dangers that come from it. The FTC, or NVIDIA doesn't have to file for approval. The FTC, if it finds, and the DOJ, if it finds this combination objectionable, they would have to file suit. Sue to stop it. That's right. To sue to stop it. So NVIDIA doesn't have to do anything here. The FTC opened an in-depth probe in it, and they asked now already twice NVIDIA for for evidence. There are newspaper or reports from, from for example, Reuters that Google, Microsoft, Qualcomm, and, and others have complained to the FTC about this deal. And there are also have been public support for the deal from Broadcom, MediaTek, and Marvell, right? And so, you know, with the light of Lena Khan being FTC chair and Jonathan Cantor, another outspoken critic of, of mergers in that, that create dominant tech platforms heading the antitrust division of the DOJ, it's going to be an interesting test case what happens here. Before they will deal with the NVIDIA ARM deal, there's the AMD Xilinx deal ahead of it. And so this will be an interesting test case. If the the, the government will block the AMD Xilinx deal, they will for sure sue against the NVIDIA ARM deal. If they let AMD Xilinx through, then we don't know what they will do because the the AMD Xilinx deal is by far less wide-reaching than what NVIDIA and ARM is doing because that's really transforming AI as we know it. And then when we look at, when we go to Europe, NVIDIA hasn't filed with the European Commission yet, which on one hand is surprising, on the other hand isn't because they're on vacation in August, right? So, but there are also deadlines uh, for filing. And, and so, in a way, what will be very interesting is, so I think, you know, come end of, of August, they definitely need, need to file this in the European Union. Well, the European Union historically has been fairly antagonistic to big tech, right? Yeah, because they don't have a horse in this race, right? ARM is no longer an EU company. NVIDIA isn't either. They, they are at the receiving end of any consequences of, of antitrust and anti-competitive behavior, but they have none of the benefits from it. So that makes them a pretty freewheeling regulator. And, and many people on the progressive left look towards Europe as like, oh, my God, we wish uh, the American antitrust uh, parties uh, would, would be as aggressive as the Europeans. And for a while, uh, they kind of let the Europeans do the American dirty work here. 
especially when we look towards Google, Amazon, Apple, and, and, and several other things. And so the, the behavior changes that the Europeans wanted also will affect American users without the American regulators having to do anything. Here, I think it's quite likely that the FTC and the DOJ will keep their mouth shut until the Europeans will do whatever they will do. And if they block it, then they did basically the the wet work for the FTC and DOJ in court because that will kill the merger. If not, then the FTC and the DOJ can still sue against against the merger if they really want to. So is this is this a binary thing in terms of, you know, does the merger either go through or not go through, or are there remedies in terms of divestitures that are likely, or, or do you think it's just going to be a go-no-go decision from all these companies? It's an interesting question, because this is another really watershed event. When you have to remember the last go-around under the, the Trump administration with antitrust bureau chief Del Rahim, he said that behavioral remedies are not working and the DOJ simply doesn't have the bandwidth to be the cop on a beat for more than 100 years because a lot of the behavioral remedies they would have to enforce in, in perpetuity. And there are cases where there was some antitrust motion around mechanical sewing machines, right, to put cloth together, and they still need to to supervise that deal 100 years afterwards. So what Del Rahim said, and that's why, for example, they tried to block the AT&T Time Warner deal, was behavioral remedies don't work, structural remedies have to work. And so they filed against blocking the entire deal. We'll see how much the new American administration will follow that thinking and then simply go for blocking it, or if they will go for behavioral remedies and then they are opening that, you know, Pandora's box again. And that that brings us to China, which, you know, is is quite interesting, right? So under Chinese law, their their shot clock only starts when they think that they have every bit of information that they need to make a decision. And then there are like three three interim steps. The initial phase is 30 days. Phase two is 90, which can be extended to another 50, uh, 60 days. So in theory, this can be done in basically 180 days. In reality since the shot clock only starts when they say it starts, it might never start. And we saw that happening when Qualcomm tried to buy a Dutch-based NXP to get stronger in the automotive space. There are quite a lot of rumors that, for example, Huawei expressed their concern about this merger. Also, there's you know, in 2018, SoftBank sold the majority of Arm China to a consortium run by the Chinese government in the form of the Chinese Investment Corp, which is their sovereign investment fund. And in 2020, they sued to try to get the CEO of that company to get out of his position, and and that failed. So there, there's quite a lot of tension there as well. Also, 
this is a geopolitical playball, right? If the Chinese want to play hardball and, you know, assert their power, they can simply sit this out, never deal, never start it, and, and run out the deadline, right? The deadline for this is March 2022, but it can be extended to September 2022. But then, you know, how long will SoftBank sit around to do something with this acquisition? Because when you look at it, you know, in the time between the close of the merger and today, the stock market went up by 30%, right? And their price has been been the same. The, the thirty-one billion dollars, you know, invested, you know, since September thirteen would be worth forty-one billion dollars. So already a better return than than selling it to Nvidia. And if investors would have put the thirty-one billion dollars that SoftBank bought Arm for in twenty sixteen, it would be worth sixty-two billion dollars. So the the return that the SoftBank shareholders are getting is significantly below that of what a straight you know index fund would have done. So that puts SoftBank under quite a lot of pressure to make adjustments and and to get a higher price. But they have to hold still until you know September 2022. So it will be interesting. It will be a nail-biter. It will be interesting to see how all these conflicting parties are actually navigating this. And it's like corporate rivalries, national rivalries. It's, it's, it's a fascinating global spectacle. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Sounds like most likely that we'll hear back from the UK first on this, correct? That would be my expectation. So whatever the CMA did should be made public pretty soon. And then we have the first indication of how this will proceed. And, you know, and then we'll see what the Europeans do. Excellent. Well, we'll keep tabs on it and check back in when uh, there's, there's new news to report. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Thank you.